feel like I need to fact check you on that Irish, Tommy. <laughs> I'm going to send you an ancestry DNA test. No, I'm not taking that. Yeah, because you know to prove you wrong. <laughs> you didn't no, 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 no. But you know, I thought I thought I was Nordic until I took one of those tests, and it was like five percent Nordic. I'm like, five percent, hundred percent in my book. I'm actually more Irish than anything. So I want I want to be more Irish than Tommy. So I'm like, all these years, all that Jameson. Say <laughs> what you don't realize is as you drink Jameson. Bonds into your DNA, which, all oh, honesty, Jameson is actually Scottish. Like the Jameson uh, nice. family came from Scotland and created the Jameson whiskey. So, huh. yeah. So, are you more Irish than in anything, Shane? For the most part, mm, that yep. would explain the drinking thing and how much you can drink. <laughs> I do have to. I've never taken one. I've always wanted to take one to see what I was. It's interesting. It uh. Pairs you with relatives too. Like Miranda, Miranda's dad thought he was the last out there, and it actually connected Miranda with a first cousin, like from an area that makes sense. So, kind of sounds like her oh, grandpa might have had a, another kid out there that no one knew about. <laughs> oh shit! What were we saying that last? Scandalous. <laughs> right. Well, that's like you know my family. I know. Um. My mom's side is Scots-Irish. Uh, my dad's side is Irish. And <clears throat> England, or, or, you know, English with German. So, and then apparently Jewish. So I'm just, you know. And if you listen to my great-grandmother, or my grandmother, I'm also the descendant of a Cherokee princess. Oh my God! All grandparents say that there's I, Cherokee in us. <laughs> I know. Like, no, there's not. <laughs> the only reason I say that is because my grandmother's, um, my paternal grandmother, is that right? My dad's mom. Her maiden name was Pfeiffer, so which was a German name. So, first name Michelle. Sorry. Anyways, nobody gets that, I don't guess. <laughs> Not the younger kids. They wouldn't understand. We would. Because remember growing up, everybody had a crush on Michelle Pfeiffer. She's that white gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Paranormal Minds of JST. How are y'all doing tonight? I hope we're doing good. We'll find out later, but I'm here to join today with my two co-hosts, Josh, Shane. Hello, hello, hello. Shane doesn't feel like talking. Oh, uh, That was really quick. I didn't get a chance. Hey. <laughs> I made sure I was getting in there. <laughs> tonight, we're going to talk about the heels, and I'm not talking about Peggy and Hank heel, though. Dale might pop up in this conversation. We're going to talk about Barney and Betty and not Barney and Betty Rubble. This is beginning to get very cartoonish over here. Barney and Betty Hill. Barney and Betty Hill were allegedly abducted by aliens in 1961. Okay? So, now the incident is referred to as 
the hill adduction or the zeta. Um, I'm going to mess this up again. Ridiculi. Ridic- ridiculi. Ridiculi incident. Thanks, Josh, for the save. Uh, <laughs> and that's mostly because of the star map shown to Betty. Could have been the uh, Zeta system. So, And that's just what I'm going to refer to it as because I'm going to screw that second name up constantly through this. Barney was a postal worker, just to give you all a little bit of background on it. Betty, she was a social worker. Uh, they were both uh, Unitarians, um, and they were both members of the NAACP, and Barney sat on a local board of the United States Commissions on Civil Rights. They were an interracial couple in 1961, which in some parts of the United States was illegal. Anyways, the Hills decided that they would take a nice little trip in September to, you know, Niagara Falls to go on vacation. I always wanted to go there. I want to see somebody go off in a barrel, but apparently you can't do that nowadays. Safety rules and regulations. On the way back from Niagara Falls, they noticed something in the sky. Betty looked through some binoculars and said that it was an odd-shaped craft. She would later say it was a flying saucer. Barney at first thought, like, hey, no, it's not. It's probably just a plane flying towards Vermont on its way to Montreal. Not a big deal. And then all of a sudden, the aircraft just turned and started rapidly descending in their direction. And that's when Barney said uh, this object that was a plane was not a plane. They jump in their car. They head down the road. As they're driving... Apparently, this craft is kind of following them. It went over a restaurant, a signal tower, and came out near the end of Old Man of the Mountain. Betty would testify that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, which was 40 foot, and it seemed to be rotating. Uh, About one mile south of Indian Head, they say the object rapidly descended towards their vehicle, which caused Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. The object hovered over their Chevy Bel Air, about 80 to 100 feet. And, you know, it took up the whole field of view of the windshield. He pulled his pistol out. He stepped out of the car and started moving closer to the object while using his binoculars. I don't know why when it was 80 to 100 feet away, like above him, but whatever. He would then claim to have seen 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's window seeming to look at him. He said in like all but one moved towards what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway of the ins- uh, that encircled the front portion of the craft. The uh, remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telling him to stay where you are and keep looking. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid Forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black cape. Red lights on what appeared to be a batwing fin began to uh, telescope out of the side of the craft and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. The silent craft approached to what Barney estimated was within 50 to 80 feet overhead and 300 feet away from him. Barney reported to National Investigator Committee on Aerial Phenomenon, or NICAP, uh, Investigator Walter Webb, that the beings were somehow not human. Barney tore the binoculars away from his eyes and ran back to his car. 
He told Betty they were they're going to capture us. He saw the object again shift its location to directly above the vehicle. He drove away as fast as he could, telling Betty to look out or look for the object. She rolled down the window and looked up. Almost immediately, the hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping and buzzing sounds, which they later seemed to bounce off the trunk of their vehicle. Well, that's weird. Why the trunk? They had the big speakers, didn't they? Yes. 15s. Man. 6,000 watts. The car vibrated and a tingling sensation passed through the hill's body. They had those electric vibrating massaging seats in a 1957 Bel Air. Man, they were ahead of their time. The hills said that they then experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness that left their minds dull. Then they heard some more buzzing and beeping sounds, and that returned the couple to full consciousness. They found that they have traveled nearly 35 miles south, but had only vague, spotty memories of this section of the road. And then they're just like, remember making a sudden, sharp, unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock, and observing a fiery orb in the road. They wound up getting back home, and this is where some crazy stuff kind of started happening, as they, according to them. Betty, instead of keeping her luggage, like in the main part of the house, like in a closet or something, you know, she would keep it by the back door. Their watches would never work again, according to them. Barney said that his uh, leather strap on his binoculars was torn, even though he doesn't remember tearing them, and the soles of his, or the toes of his best dress shoes were scraped. Barney said he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, though he found nothing unusual. They took long showers to remove possible contamination, which and each drew a picture of what they had observed. You know, they were trying to also figure out like what happened in between the time that they witnessed the UFO and the drive home. But both of them came to the realization that once they started hearing the sounds, like everything just became fragmented and incomplete. After sleeping for about a few hours, Betty woke up and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive in her closet, observing, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. Later, she retrieved the items from her closet, and she noticed like a pinkish powder on her dress. So she hung the dress on the clothesline, and the pink powder blew away. There were shiny like circles on their car's trunk uh, that had not been there the previous day. They experimented with a compass, noting that when they moved it close to the spots, the needle would whirl rapidly, but when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, it would drop down. Of course, on September 21st, Betty then telephoned Peace Air Force Base to report their UFO encounter. Though for fear of being labeled, you know, eccentric, she uh, withheld some of the details. And then on the 22nd, Major Paul W. Henson telephoned the Hills for a more detailed interview. Henson report dated September 26th determined that the Hills had probably misidentified the plane Jupiter. This was later changed to insignificant data. His report was forwarded to Project Blue Book. Of course, within days, Betty started, you know, she borrowed a UFO book from a local library. It had been written by retired Marine Corps Major Donald E. Keyhole, who was also the head of NCAP, tried to contact him. She relayed the full story, including the details about the humanoid figures that Barney had observed through the binoculars. She wrote that she and Barney were considering hypnosis to help recall what had happened. Her letter, her letter was eventually passed on to Walter N. Webb, 
a Boston astronomer, astronomer, and NCAP member. Webb met them on October 21st, 1961, in a six-hour interview. So they recalled everything that happened to him. Barney uh, asserted that he had developed a sort of mental block and that he suspected that there were some portions of the event that he did not wish to remember. Ten days after the alleged UFO encounter, Betty began having a series of vivid dreams. They continued for five consecutive nights. Never in her memory has she ever recalled dreams in such details and instances. So yeah, she was uh, apparently also sleepwalking. She dreamed like the men stood about five feet to five foot four, wearing matching blue uniforms, caps similar to those worn by military cadets. All, like, all that stuff kind of appeared in her dream. She said she did say that those um, entities she would dream about, they would appear to be like nearly human with black hair, black eyes, prominent noses, and bluish lips. Their skin was grayish color. In the dreams, the men walked up, a, you know, Barney and the men walked up a ramp into the aircraft. Once inside, Barney and Betty were, would be separated. She protested and, and was told by a man that she calls the leader that if she and Barney were examined together, it would take much longer to conduct the exams. She and Barney were then taken to separate rooms. She then dreamt that a new man, similar to the others, entered and conducted her exam with the leader. So Betty called the new man the examiner and said that he had pleasant, calm manner. Though the leader and the examiner spoke to her in English, the examiner's command of the language seemed imperfect and she had difficulty understanding him. They decided to meet with uh, Mr. Webb at their parsonage, I believe it was. No, it was uh, Captain Sweet that they met at the parsonage to do the hypnosis. They went through the hypnosis because he believed that they were suffering from amnesia. Barney's session, his recall of witnessing non-human figures was, you know, he felt he was very emotional about that and, like, he would have emotional outbursts. He was, like, very afraid. He kept his eyes closed for much of the abduction. Under hypnosis, Barney would report that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. He recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but that afterwards he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. He eventually sighted six men standing in the dirt road. The car stalled and three of the men approached the car. They told Barney not to fear them. He was still anxious, however, and he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes. Uh, Barney said, I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Barney would then describe the beings as generally familiar to Betty's hypnosis. The beings often stared into his eyes, said Barney, with a terrifying, mesmerizing effect. Under hypnosis, Barney said things like, Oh, those eyes, they're, they're in my brain from his first hypnosis session. And I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes from his second hypnosis session. And then all I see are these eyes, and I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. Barney related that he and Betty were taken into the dislike craft, separated, as Betty reported. Uh, he was escorted to a room by three of the men and told to lie on a small rectangular exam table. Barney's narrative of the exam was fragmented. He continued to keep his eyes closed for most of the exam. A cup-like device was placed over his genitals. 
He did not experience an orgasm, though Barney thought that they took sperm samples from him. The men would scrape his skin and peer into his ears and mouth. A tube or cylinder was inserted into his anus and quickly removed. So someone felt his spine that seemed to be counting its vertebrae. While Betty reported the conversation with the leader in English, Barney said that he heard them speaking in a mumbled language he did not understand. Betty also mentioned this detail. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed uh, to be through transference. At the time, he was unfamiliar with the word telepathy. Both Betty and Barney stated that they hadn't observed the beans' mouths moving when they communicated in English with them. He recalled being escorted from the ship and taken to his car in a daze. He watched the ship leave. He remembered a light appearing on the road, and he said, Oh, no, not again. That's when they figured out that it might have been, they thought that that might have been the moon. Betty's session. Under hypnosis, Betty's account was similar to her five dreams about the UFO abduction, with some notable differences, mainly pertaining to her capture and release. The technology on the uh, craft was different. The short men differed significantly in physical appearance, and the sequential order of the abduction differed. Barney and Betty's memories and hypnotic regression were, however, consistent with one another. And I just need to make this clear. They did the hypnosis on Barney and Betty completely separate, so that way they wouldn't be able to overhear each other and try to match it up. Betty would ex- uh, exhibit considerable emotional distress when recounting her capture and examination. Uh, Simon ended the session early because tears were flowing down her cheeks. So Simon did give Betty a post-hypnotic suggestion that she could sketch a copy of the star map that she later described as a three-dimensional projection similar to a hologram. Though the map she saw had many stars, she drew only those that stood out in her memory. Her map consisted of 12 uh, prominent stars connected by lines and three lesser ones that formed a distinctive triangle. She said that she was told the stars connected by solid lines uh, formed trade routes, whereas dashed lines were less traveled stars. Simon's conclusion was, you know, he speculated that Barney's recollection of the UFO was probably a fantasy inspired by Betty's dream. So, uh, he also thought that the most reasonable and consistent, and that was the most reasonable and consistent explanation. Barney rejected the idea of that, of course, noting that while their memories were consistent with some regards, there were also portions of both their narratives that were unique to each other. Though, you know, they disagreed with Simon on the outcome and all that. So, what are y'all's take on it? Well, now that I'm 14 beers in. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. It's, it's, there's a lot more to it after that, too. The second you started, and you asked us if we knew about it, I said no. But when you were like... You said something about the star map. It it clicked. And yeah, I've heard this story before, but I didn't realize these were the people. But I've heard the story about this woman and this man. And they, they're like, it's the Zeta region uh, in the constellations or in the, in the stars. And I remember all of that from, I don't remember where I saw it, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah. And also, you said it looked like a pancake. And the first thing I thought about was... Don't unsyrup my pancake. And they're like pulling syrup off the pancake. I don't know if y'all have seen that, but that shit was so funny. (laughs) 
That's completely irrelevant, but yeah. I do remember this story though, and and it always kind of it kind of baffled me a little bit that one, like you said, it doesn't really have much ground in the story, but an interracial couple at the times wanting I don't I don't believe that they would have wanted that much publicity on them. So I I feel like this wouldn't this would be a completely true story. Well, uh, and that's why I brought up the fact that to let people realize in 1961, in certain parts of the United States, it was illegal for interracial couples um, to be a thing. Essentially, like you know, you could go to jail for marrying outside your race. So again, that's why, kind of why I thought it was irrelevant as to far as far as the story but at the same time like they're just not gonna push it out there you know i don't know he uh new hampshire's law as far as interracial couples in 1961 i didn't look into that because i'm just one like i just i don't care about it you know not, not like you get what i'm saying like that's not the factor of the story to me so and beyond that, being a, you know, they both had decent careers. What a social worker and a postal worker. I mean, it, it couldn't have been for money either, which I, doesn't sound like they got any. So. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of it was dealt with like criticism and stuff like that. <clears throat> so a lot of people saying they made it up. You know, I don't. I, they didn't get much money. Now Barney also passed away. Eight years later, so in 1969. Something I think is interesting. I was I was digging to find you know some just evidence and stuff while you were talking through it. Yeah, um, you had enough time. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole case is stored at the University of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there are eleven boxes that contain photographs, paintings, uh, manuscripts, journals, history, correspondence. Like, there's a ton of stuff, and it's actually open to everybody. Like, so there's no restrictions. You can go there. Uh, they give you the citation to access it, and it was all donated by Kathleen Marden. But you know, so always look at the conspiracy side of things. You're like, oh, you know, why are they letting this be public? You know, surely there's something to hide on this, you know, through the government. There has been one folder removed. One folder out of everything that you can't access. So now I'm really curious on what's in that folder. Yeah. Yeah. They should let it out now that they told us that aliens are real. (laughs) I mean... Well... Unidentified flying objects are real, Josh. Not oh, sorry, aliens. sorry, okay. sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, that is very interesting. That one folder. Why one folder? You know, if there's okay. all this evidence, do you th- do you think it's not mentioned? You know, but I mean, they were on vacation, right? And back then, you would take a camera, right, on vacation take pictures, all that stuff, you know. What if they found pictures and that's what was in that folder? Could have very well been. Those The people being hypnotized, too. I, I don't think a lot of people believe in folks being hypnotized, but I do. I believe if you're set in a specific situation and, and there are 
certain circumstances happening, whatever, that, yeah, I believe, you know, that you could be hypnotized. And most people tend to tell the truth about things under hypnosis. So I feel like their accounts under hypnosis are the actual truth. I believe if you hooked them up to a polygraph, they'd be like, oh, yeah, they believe it, you know? Well, you know, they've done a lot of recent studies as far as hypnosis dealing with traumatic events where people would block out certain things, like people who are kidnapped uh, or prisoners of war, uh, interrogation, stuff like that. They also use it with uh, PTSD to help people kind of relive those moments that could trigger the PTSD and come to terms with it. So, you know, it's moved, I, I believe hypnosis has moved past the realm of pseudoscience to more of an understanding of the brain's chemical state within, you know, regressed memories and stuff like that. So I believe hypnosis is real. I don't think it's like I'll snap my fingers and you turn into a chicken type deal. Yeah, but. No, they're not holding a watch in front of you, dang. <laughs> right. No, I don't believe right. that. So I, that part I don't believe, like, but I, I do know that hypnosis has been used for a while for, like, help people quit smoking, things like that. So Right. And it actually works, which is weird. I know. But, I need to do that. Yeah, you do. One thing that stuck out to me the story, in the story, so maybe maybe you can explain it. Maybe I misunderstood it. So when uh, when Barney was sitting there watching them in the sky and described the humanoids, as he was calling them, wearing, what, like, black suits and capes, Oh, he 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 didn't. Uh, Betty described them through her dreams as wearing the black suits, capes, and stuff like that. Okay, that's what hers. So Betty Betty said it, but it was Barney standing out there. She was the one that recollected it from her her dream. Yeah, um, he just saw them, and then that's when he they looked at him and communicated the message, telling him to stay where you are and keep looking. Had re- okay, so yeah, it was him. It was him. He observed the humanoids wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. It was, I got that confused with Betty's. Because Betty said they wore matching blue uniforms. That's where I got confused. My bad, Shane. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so, so when he saw them, so he was looking through a window and then could see a hallway with some sort of panel that they were going to. But they were... 75 feet away but then one spoke english to him and he understood them yeah see the the whole like how far away and all that it differs because if you if you look and some of the stuff it says that the craft hovered 80 to 100 feet above the hills so and filled the entire uh field of view of their windshield so to me that would be like it's Closer than 300 feet, right? Would be. Right? I mean, depending on how big the craft actually is, and they said it was like 40 foot or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I would say that that's not huge, but at the same time, if it's 300 feet, like uh, I think Barney says later, like it was, yeah. Uh, oh, that's when it, the, craft, the silent craft approached to what Barney estimated was within 50 to 80 feet but that's after they did talk to him and he saw through the window now he was using his binoculars so 
Well, that doesn't help them here, though. That that's that's the part I'm I get confused on. Well, I mean, if they're communicating um, telepathically, you know, do you have to be up close? Oh man, there was just so much. Man, this is all over the place. Usually, I I believe in absolutely everything. I, I think there's something here. You know, like the missing folder. I think something was discovered. Something happened, man. But this is just all kinds of ups and downs and ins and outs and. I almost wonder if their brains were jumbled by the government on what actually happened, and that's what the hypnosis revealed. Maybe, or, or I say I say the government always blamed them. Maybe the alien, and then you know the <laughs> the humanoids did. They were like, "Here's what we did, and we're gonna put like fake memories in your brain and then lock them up." Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty yeah. diabolical if you can mm-hmm. do that. They didn't develop the right. little flasher thing. The neuralizer, yeah. You know, right. so. <laughs> oh shit! Isn't that what the neuralizer does, though? Right? You, you say the memory sure. that you're going to mm-hmm. give them in place of what actually happened, huh? Yeah. So now, also, what what I find funny is I wonder if it's uh, from the Men in Black movie, uh, Men in Black Two. You know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character is a postal service man, so I wonder if that is. <laughs> Essentially, like a nod to Barney Hill. Mm. Could be, could be. It sounds like something Hollywood would do, right? Like, I remember this story about a postal worker. That... <laughs> but I mean, at, at the same time, now again, both of them are, you know, deceased, and I there's no real talk from people who knew them. Like we're like, oh yeah, they were bat crap crazy. But for one to be a social worker and the other to be a postal service um, employee and both of them being members of the NAACP and Barney holding that uh, chair. I can't remember if he was like lead, uh, but he was on like the council. Um, He had a seat uh, on the council of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. So now they were also active uh, Unitarians. I don't know if that really means much to anybody. They're of sound mind. Yeah. So they're not crazy. No. Mm-hmm. So And they're not going to risk, especially in those times, losing their jobs, losing anything. They're not going to risk it. Yeah. A lot of stuff just points to the fact, like, I just don't feel like they were on their way back from Niagara Falls and was like, hey, let's do a, let's, let's pretend like we got abducted by aliens. No. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I don't think they faked it, but I don't think we got the real story. It does seem a little far-fetched because if the craft was, in fact, only 40 foot wide, you did say it was 40 foot wide. Yeah, that's that's how Betty uh, described it. Like Shane was saying, if it was, he was it a hallway? And then there was a device in the back that they saw. So at 80 to 100 feet, a 40 foot wide craft with a window that you're looking down a hallway... You wouldn't know what that was. Right. It could have been a painting. You know, your brain would have essentially made that up at that distance. And and see, now, Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, which was 40 feet long, and that it seemed to be rotating. So, if it's rotating... So 60 feet. And yeah. And turning. Yeah. Because one and a half times of forty, one and a half times forty foot, sixty foot. 
Yeah, so it's 60 foot. I still, I, I don't know. Yeah. And like you said, rotating too. So you're not just yeah. looking down a hallway if it's rotating. <laughs> yeah, so does that mean that the the window that they're looking for, I'm not saying, they're, I mean, looking through, I'm not saying that the window is, it's an actual window, but the thing that they're looking for just doesn't rotate with the craft. It sets in place and the craft rotates around it. Maybe. I like, mean, <laughs> I guess in a way that would make sense. You don't want to just be like, woo, hey, where are we going? No. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Shane's over there like freaking out like, oh. What the hell's going on with this? Well, I'm just thinking because it sounds like, let's say, like hallucinogenic substances. I'm not saying that they were on LSD or anything, yeah. but and not from experience. I'm just I read about it, <clears throat> but uh, so the next morning or you know a couple of days later, when you're like recapping your experiences on that, it's it's fuzzy. Right, because there were real aspects. There were things you just thought about, uh, you know, imagining. You know, there's all kinds of mixed up memories in there. That when you, if you were, let's say, forgot all of it and were hypnotized, I think you would get a bunch of weird stuff coming out. That was all based in the truth and is not exactly right. You know, so the there could have been a ufo that was right in front of barney and they open a door and they were like hey you stay right there but then his brain added all this from what they put in him to make him forget right so maybe it's all clouded and then that's where the spinning pancake hallway panel leather suits stuff comes from but maybe you know yeah like the brain just filled in the blanks right the other thing is like the star map, like for her to say what it is and then draw it out. And they're like, oh, that looks like the Zeta. Yeah, I pulled up a picture of her rendition and a couple of comparisons to it. And yeah, and they're pretty, they're pretty close. Yeah, my thing is, is being 1961, and I'm not saying Betty wasn't, because she went to college because the college in New Hampshire was, you know, her alma mater. But like, do you think she would have? the knowledge of that star map. I mean, if she wanted to, I mean, I'm also like, why would they leave the map in her brain and explain what it means if then they were going to cover up her memory? That's all. That's another weird thing. It's like, here's the trade route and here's what we do here. But before we send you back, we're going to like mess up your memory. Yeah. It is to be noticed that psychiatrists later suggested that they were, that the supposed abduction was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in the 1960s. No. Nah. Nah. Like, what? bullshit. What? Bullshit. Are you serious right now? Uh, man, I, I, I imagine it was stressful. Well, I mean, that. yeah, I'm not doubting <laughs> that, but I mean, I just... You'd have to be one stressed out mo- You'd be hallucinating? Well, they're, they're, no. First off, they no. they weren't the only interracial couple in the 1960s. So, like, and because you read reports of other, other interracial couples and how they fought back on the system and stuff like that and getting arrested, all this stuff, not one of them claimed to have hallucinated from the stress. Like, plus, they were part of the NAACP and the civil rights, like, councils that's just a racist thing in my opinion like they just said that uh, yeah i bet that was made back in the 60s i mean 
that excuse uh, just beyond interracial stuff. I mean, way back in the day, if you were a woman and got moody, you were deemed insane because you were a woman, you know, yeah. you'd get locked up. So I mean, society and humanity has not been kind to people that aren't white male. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> we're the devil, Shane. Now there, there is, um, some like this dude, Jim McDonald, um, who was a resident of the areas. He produced a detailed analyst of their journey, which concluded that the, episode was provoked by their misperceiving an aircraft warning beacon on cannon mountain as a ufo there are some people that say like the remainder of the experience is ascribed to stress sleep deprivation and false memories recovered under hypnosis so of course this is 1960s so a lot of people believe that hypnosis was you know fooey I believe something happened because, like I said, again, under hypnosis, these people have a full, full-blown account of something happening to them. Right. Other people say that Betty saw this alien on the outer limits, and then the picture she drew, which, if you look on the Wikipedia page, looks nothing like this alien person that they are saying. I mean, n- nothing. It looks closer to, like, the modernized kind of cartoon alien that they portray nowadays the grays yeah mm-hmm. and then her like barney's drawing of them is just it, it looks nothing like the picture they're like oh this is an alien depicted on the television show 12 days before the making of the hills grays hypnosis sketch that sketch looks nothing like that picture i'm just saying i think it's weird that they don't mention do they mention hearing any kind of sounds or anything just the like buzzing the craft itself just the buzzing. Yeah. But they said that now they said the craft was silent. And I know this era of time was like big for UFOs and stuff, but I just, I don't know. Something tells me that something happened. And for her, like, don't get me wrong. She's clearly a, an incredibly intelligent woman with her background for her to have inter almost interplanetary knowledge of these different locations. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think she would have been that kind of person, you know? Like, she could have very well been some kind of astrologist outside of of being a social worker, but I just, uh, that those things, to me, in my brain, don't go hand in hand. It's a common side hustle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just out here like, I can read your signs. She checked the horoscopes <laughs> every day, okay? <laughs> of all the children. <laughs> Whoa! (laughs) she may have who knows i don't know (laughs) but i don't know i just feel like and i'm fairly certain let me interrupt you real quick i'm fairly certain i said astrology i meant astronomy i know those are two different things i meant astronomy not astrology (laughs) ladies and gentlemen again we are not scientists (laughs) in fact we don't have college educations well shane does me and josh don't Yes, wow. Shane has lots of education. We have, <laughs> I have a high school diploma. Well, Josh, astro- astrology and astronomy are similar. <laughs> albeit, I know that, <laughs> but I mean... They're very different. Yeah. <laughs> did I use it uh, right? He said I'll be it! I did! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, damn word. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I was like, I fucking told you! <laughs> 
Did you have to Google that word? Shane be like, what the hell? No, Josh told me what it meant. I think he had to hear it is what it was. Because uh, when you spell it out, it doesn't, like in my head, it doesn't look like that's what it's, it would sound no. like. Yeah. It's kind of like Irish names like Siobhan. And it's spelled with a B in it. Yeah. So Barney did die in 1969 from a cerebral hemorrhage. That could have happened from anything. If it had been like brain cancer, I'd been like, yeah, it was definitely radiation off that UFO. I don't think that, I wouldn't feel like that would deal with Barney, though, as it would with Betty since she was having the dreams. If she'd have died from it, maybe. I feel like it was related. But she died of cancer in 2004 at 85 years old. Nah. That was the GMOs we put in our food. Did, did either one of them get out of the vehicle? Barney did. Yeah, Mary grabbed his pistol. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to shoot this yeah. damn pancake. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to shoot the pa- donut syrup my pancake. <laughs> yeah, he got out. And like it doesn't say like when, of course, you know, he ran back to the car, got in it. They drove and then he was like, they started hearing the buzzing and stuff. And then he just felt compelled to drive off into the woods. And then they that's when they saw the six men kind of just standing on the dirt road. And that's when the abduction started. I want you to, you guys to put yourself in Barney's shoes. So what what would you do? I'd get Fred. <laughs> get Fred? <Yeah>. Flintstone. <laughs> Meet the Flintstones. Oh, All right. Episode over. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, what do you, uh, like, like just being out there the first time with the gun or like driving away. Yeah, let's let's say you 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 pop in there so you got a gun mm-hmm. and you're looking down a pancake hallway whatever <laughs> and the dominatrix aliens are like keep looking at us. Keep looking. <laughs> what do Why you do? You do? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm thrown aback by Shane's dancing while he was talking about dominatrix alien. <laughs> I just pictured a bunch of aliens in gimp suits. <laughs> I mean, that's what they sounded like. Except it with does. capes. <laughs> it does. The capes are a nice addition. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out here. Do you think they were swingers and they just were like in the dominatrix swinging stuff and they got caught and that's when they said they were abducted by aliens? Is it a secret society? It could be. Secret. <laughs> All right. So join in or shoot him, Tommy. You got to pick one. Giving you another ultimatum. <laughs> Tommy's definitely joining. Because <laughs> you shoot him, they might have like laser ion cannons and vaporize you. First yeah. off. First <laughs> off. First off. Okay, let's get serious. Okay. What type of gimp suits are they wearing, though? Whatever kind you're into. <laughs> Use your imagination. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I, I don't know. I'd probably run. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> For some reason, now all I see is like when the ramp comes down, they're just like running with their hands out and shaking their hips going, come with us, Tommy. Come with us. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this has gotten Gosh. out of hand, guys. This has gotten out of hand. <laughs> Now, you're only saying that because you know you would join in. Shut up! (laughs) Oh, he would run head first into that thing. Go! He'd be like, where's my suit and cape? Yeah, you damn right. (laughs) 
You know, we're going to travel to universe. <laughs> I want one that holds my mouth open. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now it's out of hand. Now it's out of hand. Oh. It just makes it easier to eat your breakfast if you're... Exactly. Is, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Exactly. Plus, you know, in space, everything's got to be a liquid. So, I mean, you yeah. know. So you're just floating by. True. Yeah. <laughs> Might make some slurping sounds. <laughs> I'm fucking crying. <laughs> I am crying. Okay. Oh my god. Back to back we to talk the, about some dumb shit. Back. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I'd probably run in to see what's going on. Uh, I would be too curious. I think, in all fairness, I think I would run after him. <laughs> I mean, when when are you gonna get another chance? Right. I mean, I always thought it'd be cool to be like abducted and like travel space because theoretically, what if they're able to transcend space and time with their technology? Right. Kind of like Doctor Who, like you can travel X amount of light years, like infinite amount of light years, however far, see distant planets and stuff like that, and um, you know, come back and it. Be like the next day or something, you know. I know there has been semi reports of that within the UFO community, where people have said like they've went to other planets or distant stars, and then they'd come back and it'd be like the next day or a couple days later. So I thought that'd be pretty cool. This is the first account that I can remember of them counting their vertebrae. Yeah, that is weird. I wonder what difference that makes. What if they have extra vertebrae for some reason? Like, I don't know. And they were trying to see if we're closely related to that aspect, you know. I've always pictured greys as possibly having not a bone structure like we have, but more like a cartilage style bone structure where like their spine was more fluid. Like it would bend instead of being individual pieces. Uh, I, I Obviously, I'm probably completely wrong about that. But that in my head, that's how I've always pictured them as having like a more flexible style bone structure so that brings new meaning to that whole gimp suit thing now <laughs> their skin is just a gimp suit <laughs> i was talking about the flexibility of it i mean you oh know, well well you know turn them into a ball you can see if you're on different wavelengths <laughs> <laughs> listen barney claimed he did not have an orgasm so i'm saying no gimp suit no gimp suit why did he say that, though? No one asked him. Surely they didn't ask, did you have an orgasm during this ordeal? Well, I mean... Well, they, I just they, they, they did because they, the device they, was they, a cup-like device that was placed over his genitals. Who knows? Who knows? They could have been like, did you... Oh. <laughs> you know? We also we, we also have to take in... Um, <laughs> I can't even think now. <laughs> we also have to take into consideration that the, um, of course, 1960s, certain things were frowned upon. So maybe because they put the cup-like thing over them, and essentially, like, we really don't know the like genders of the aliens. They just refer to them as humanoid. But maybe he felt like, since like a more masculine take, like it could have been, you know, a homophobic side of him being like, no, I, I, I didn't, I didn't orgasm. I didn't have, you know, a, a good time with that because that would mean like he was a, in 1960s terms, he was like a 
sexual deviant. So could have been. I mean, I'd just say they took a sperm sample. Maybe he did have an orgasm and he was just like, No, I didn't I didn't enjoy that at all. Yeah, there's a bunch of little Barneys running around somewhere on a different planet. <laughs> half Barney, half alien. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's when they came down here and they were just like, We we need male sperm to repopulate our planet because all the males are born sterile. Yeah. And that might be one they were counting the vertebrae. Just be like, they need to have set amount of vertebra. Vertebra? Is that plural for vertebrae? I don't know. Or Maybe. You... <laughs> I just made it up. So my wife will correct me later when she hears the episode. Well, that's all we need to know. Just tell us when that happens. I will. So, <clears throat> like, she corrected me. Apparently, we've been saying, like, we would be like UFOologists. Apparently, it, that's not what it's called. You would think that I would know that, considering I like UFOs. Uh, it's UFOlogists. Yeah, I think I made mention of that in one episode. I was like, I wasn't sure what it was. UFOlogist. So, I just like hearing the stories, not the people who tell the stories. So, (laughs) right. Well, you mispronounced like 80 words in this episode, so get ready. Oh, yeah. I probably (laughs) I was counting. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to correct them. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know you'll get it at home. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) We don't need Shane for that. Shane is just the backup uh, fact checker. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. Sorry. No, I'm glad she keeps me on my toes and helps me. It makes me a better person. You know? It does. So there we go. I love you, honey, if you're listening, which you probably are. I'm editing that out so she can't hear it. Okay. He'll probably edit it to where he's like, I hate you. Dude, I'm telling you. Tommy slips in a suck up like every other episode to his wife. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. Come on now. I do not. <laughs> Secretly, she wears the gimp suit. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyways, we're going to have to edit that part out. Uh, oh, I'm leaving it in there. <laughs> back onto the topic. So, of course, you know, after Barney died, Betty became kind of a celebrity within the UFO community. So, I still haven't found, like, if she, like, published any books or anything. So, it just seems like a lot of people, like, just published books about them or at least add them into like books and stories and things like that but nothing from her that i can see no like i said i had i had heard this story before as soon as you said something about her creating the star map of the different trade routes i was like i remember this and i thought it was odd you know somebody uh, like her to be able to create something like that i don't know guys i don't know i think there's more to it than just they just were seeking attention. Cause like you said, I don't think in that time period, they would be outright just trying to seek attention. So, but at the same time, there are some contradictions within their stories, but again, it could just be fuzzy memories. You know, you witness something traumatic and maybe you see something different. Your brain processes it differently. You know, I guess we can, uh, hit up on some final takes, final thoughts. What are you guys got? Uh, again, I, I think this was a, a real story. Um, I believe they saw something, and I don't know what it was, whether it be a UFO. I find it odd, the dimensions of things and, and, and being able to see something through a, a possible window that's spinning. I don't know if the window is spinning or if the craft was spinning, but I don't think that just your average social worker is sticking you know this far into astronomy 
because these names look very, very star-like if you look at the different names of stars that we have that are actually published. So I, I think they saw something. I think something happened to these people because you're not going to risk what you, your love and your family for some aliens. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Shane, what do you think? I think pretty much on the same page. Uh, I think there was some interference, be it from the the other beings uh, injected them with something to cloud their memory. Uh, I feel like it's more likely that they were intercepted at some point. They had too much information and their brains were messed up by our government or rival extraterrestrials for whatever reason. You know, maybe information was passed on to them that this other race of aliens weren't ready for us to have. So then they intervened. So it was actually two different groups of aliens and that could explain the weird mix-up in their brains that one gave them information to benefit us. The other one injected them with some brain-altering chemicals to bury it, and then they were all jacked up. But yeah, I, I agree. Something happened for sure, but then something was retracted somehow. I I still kind of I like the idea of the fact that they just came to collect human semen so that way they can you know repopulate their planets. Could have very well been. It's an odd thing to collect. Like I said, <laughs> it seems like only that evasive process happened to Barney. And not really to Betty, but then again, she didn't mention. Maybe she was just like, I don't want to talk about it. She also doesn't have sperm to collect. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like maybe like try to collect, I don't know, her eggs. I don't I don't know. No. I mean, <laughs> they did probe Barney. Yeah. In a weird way, I would think, well, if if the, let's just say the, they're grays or kind of the, the picture she drew was very grayish. Like maybe it is a mostly female population, and they're like losing their males, and they have all the eggs they need. They just need some kind of male, and I'm sure with that kind of technology, if you can fly to a different planet, you can claw, you know, and, and do the things that they can do. They could extract what they need out of said DNA to create what they need. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. that's how I would look at that one. Yeah. All right. Like always, ladies and gentlemen, and weird, gimpy alien people from outer space. If you guys want more of this type of content, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and check out our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, share, let everybody know about us, because we're going to expose the truth, or not, probably not. We just have weird theories, or we're going to get microwaved, but anyways. No, just Shane. They are outside your house, too, Shane. Remember, they were watching you that night. Why do you think I'm in a hotel right now? (laughs) (laughs) All right, strap, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, like always, these are just our thoughts. Tell us what you think. And if you're aliens, don't probe us, please. No, no, no. Probe Tommy. I want to see that. (laughs) 